your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLitGo and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. As always, if you enjoy this episode and want to make sure you're aware of the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis, be sure to drop a like, follow, or subscription on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Megaphone app. Doing so is always free, is very much appreciated, and ensures you never miss another episode. Tonight's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sends you. On this uh, April Fool's Eve as it is, I thought I would cover a couple of different topics. The Jets are currently off, and in fact, there is some news about their upcoming schedule that I think is pretty salient, because it does mean that over the next few days or so, we're going to have a little bit of a drought in terms of Jets hockey. After we discuss why this is going to occur, we'll also cover some of the scorelines from around the league, none of which are April Fool's pranks. Some of them are eye-watering scorelines. But before we talk about the rest of the league, let's take a look at the Jets situation between them and the Vancouver Canucks. The Jets were scheduled to play Vancouver over the weekend after they would face Toronto Friday night, but it seems like Vancouver has had a number of positive COVID tests. Uh, it started with Adam Galdet, and somebody else was just announced to have a positive test as well. Unfortunately, Adam and his wife are both very much ill. Um, his wife, Michaela, said that she is doing better, but Adam doesn't sound like he's doing too hot. So for obvious reasons, we're all very much hoping that the Galdets get better quickly and that they're back in action soon enough and in full health. But of course, COVID, we don't really know a whole lot about it in terms of what it might do to, you know, each and every patient. We can only hazard a guess. And the uh, the situation with Adam and his family didn't sound too great. So we're definitely wishing the Gaudets a very speedy recovery. Hopefully they're healthy again soon. The same can definitely be said for any of the other Vancouver players that have tested positive. It is a little bit strange. There was, I think, some concern about, you know, some sort of exposure to an infected individual prior to the announcement that Gaudet had actually tested positive, and they actually held practice uh, even before the positive tests came out. So I felt like Vancouver didn't really take appropriate precautions, and now they may have something of an outbreak on their hands. For the Jets, this will actually mean that they get a much-needed break over the next week or so. After playing Toronto on Friday, their next game won't be until the following Thursday, so the Jets have about six days off. Quite honestly, I think the Jets probably need this a lot. Um, Winnipeg has been flagging over the past few weeks, I would say. We're all used to the Jets maybe not being the sharpest tools in the shed, especially after sustained NHL action, but Winnipeg just seems a little bit slower, and of course, Blake Wheeler going down, not great. So this will hopefully give them time to recover and for the Jets to return to full strength. Now, of course, when Blake Wheeler did go down, it probably does boost Winnipeg's top nine in terms of their on-ice performance, but of course, I think in terms of losing your leader, and certainly somebody who can be very potent on the power play, it's it's a bit of a loss. So, of course, hopefully Blake gets back to full strength sooner rather than later, and this break really couldn't have come at a better time. I think the circumstances are what's very unfortunate, and I am kind of worried about the amount of stuff that's going to come out of this. If the Canucks weren't in fact taking care of their players in the way that they needed to and didn't really do the proper screening or procedures, it's going to be a bit of a, uh, well, bit of a press nightmare to be, uh, to be completely honest. I think this is one of those situations where not following any sort of 
proper, you know, protocol and practice procedure could really put some folks in a bind. Um, Winnipeg and, and a lot of these other Canadian teams, for the most part, have very much avoided any sort of COVID outbreaks. We've had a few brushes with COVID. The Jets had to put Pullman and somebody else in quarantine briefly. But aside from that, the Jets really haven't been bitten by this too much. And most of the other Canadian teams are in the same boat. You know, certainly south of the border, things are a little bit different. But by and large, the Canadian teams have all seemed to handle the COVID situation very well. So it's a, it's a little bit alarming to see it spread this rapidly with the Canucks. I do worry about any teams they have played recently. My hope is that Gaudet was asymptomatic and hopefully not spreading it to uh, any of the other teams he came in contact with before he knew he was actually infected. I believe there is something of an incubation period before it actually starts to become virulent and, and spreads. But you never know with these situations. Hopefully everyone is safe and healthy. Um, for the time being, it does mean that Vancouver is going to be sidelined for several weeks. I think they have to postpone games for at least like two weeks. And from what I understand, Winnipeg is now going to have a very busy road schedule towards the end of the season. It sounds like the end of April and, and early May are going to be very much a bit of a road slog for the Jets. I believe it was Mike McIntyre from one of the Winnipeg news agencies that said on Twitter he felt like this might be a chance for the Jets to make a trade. You know, with the, the seven-day quarantine period, it basically means that whoever you trade for over the next day or two doesn't really miss many games. What's kind of curious is that it doesn't sound like the Jets are interested in David Savard, so um, apparently per Elliot Friedman, Winnipeg is out on him, which means that the number of defenders the Jets might actually acquire is definitely narrowing quickly. If the Jets are trying to do things on the cheap, I would highly recommend Dmitry Kulikov. You know, with the, the Devils not really in a competitive state, Kulikov has been fantastic this year. He's having a renaissance season, and he is absolutely someone that, you know, uh, Paul Maurice would actually play. And if Kulikov is actually this good and can continue that level of performance for the Jets, you know, he might not be the, uh, the Matias Ekholm replacement that the Jets are looking for, but certainly on a budget... Kulikov makes a ton of sense. He's very good for his price tag. He'd be an excellent shutdown guy. He's been very much a, a transitional defender with the Devils. Tons of good offenses happening on the ice when he's there. And, and you know, we, we have experience with him. He's had plenty of familiarity with the Jets system, so he's not somebody who would just walk into this team and suddenly be confused. That could be a useful boon, and he definitely knows this team pretty well. He knows a lot of the guys here in Winnipeg, so it'd be nice to see him come back. He'll also command a smaller package than what Ekholm was probably looking at. I think Matias is probably a first-round pick, some sort of high-end prospect, and another B prospect. And with Nashville suddenly thinking that its goaltending situation is going to carry it into the postseason, they don't seem to be that interested in moving any of their players. Aside from that, there aren't too many other teams that would have defenders really worth investigating. I've mentioned Troy Stetcher in the past as somebody that I would take a look at out of Detroit, but I don't know if the Jets are really interested, and I don't know if Detroit wants to sell him either. With the Seattle expansion draft looming, a lot of these teams have a lot of uh, very complicated decisions to make as to who to protect and who to expose, and some of these guys that have signed short-term deals, they might be on that exposure list sooner rather than later. Winnipeg certainly has its own score of issues to deal with. I, I think there are a number of guys that I don't really want to see get uh, exposed. Certainly Appleton and Kopp are on this list. But who can say what the future holds for the Jets? For the meantime, though, we're going to stop looking into the future and instead examine the present and take a look at some of the scorelines from around the league over the last several days. I don't want to go too much further ahead, though, before telling you about the greatness of BetOnline.ag. When it comes to the wild, wild west of online betting, it's hard to know who you can trust and which sites are the most reliable and convenient. That's why you should look no further than BetOnline.ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, NHL, international soccer, and so many other sports are all in full swing. 
Not a big sports person? No problem. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Whether you're interested in casting a bet on the next Stanley Cup champion, or who you think is getting voted off next on your favorite reality TV show, BetOnline also has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds you need so you'll always make the most informed bets possible. Getting started couldn't be easier. Just head on over to BetOnline.ag on your desktop or your mobile device, and when you register for a free account, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code Locked On at registration for a matched 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Stop sitting on the sidelines and get in on the action today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. For those of you who are longtime listeners of this podcast, by now you know that I'm personally a huge fan of Built Bar. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, Built Bars are the best protein bar on the market. They're low calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, and high in fiber, but most importantly, they taste phenomenal. And while they have a ton of great flavors, there can only be one truly greatest Built Bar flavor of them all. It's now time to have your voice heard and cast your vote for the tastiest Built Bar in the Built Bar Madness Bracket Challenge, the tastiest bracket challenge in all of March. We're now down to the very final two flavors in the championship between Coconut Brownie Chunk and Cookie Dough Chunk. This is a battle for the ages, and I have to say, I don't really know who I would vote for. All of the Chunk flavors in my experience have been fantastic. I mean, I enjoy all Built Bar flavors, but the Chunk ones, especially with the texture inside, you really can't go wrong with either of them. If I have to choose one though, I'm probably leaning Coconut Brownie Chunk myself, but if you have a differing opinion or you also want to cast your vote for Coconut Brownie Chunk, be sure to hit up BuiltBar.com slash pages slash brackets and confirm your vote for the championship winner. And while you're there, be sure to stock up on a few Built Bars yourself. Use promo code LOCKED15 at checkout to receive 15% off your next order. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. After uh, going over some Jets-related news for schedule changes due to COVID, we are now taking a look at scorelines from around the league over the past couple of games. Before we talk past and present scorelines, I did want to tell you a little bit about why Locked on Today needs to be in your daily podcast rotation. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked on Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked on Today podcast in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite shows. And now, folks, it is once again time to take a look at score lines from around the league. Let's first start off from last night after Winnipeg uh, ended up losing to Toronto 3-1. to That was a very disappointing game for obvious reasons. I don't know if that was a national broadcast, but either way, let's pretend it just didn't happen. It was uh, it was a little bit depressing, I'm not going to lie. Speaking of hockey that gives you the big sad, we had Philadelphia versus Buffalo coming up next, and this was a very funny scoreline. Buffalo ended up winning 6-1. to Now, I think the last game uh, Buffalo and Philadelphia played, the Sabres had like a 3 nothing lead or something and then ended up losing in overtime because it's the Sabres. I gotta be honest, I don't really know what direction either of these teams are going. The Flyers, to me, are such a strange quandary because I feel like Elaine Vigneault probably has to go, but he's also not the primary issue with the team. The goaltending continues to sink everyone. But then I watch some of the defensive shifts out there and what the Flyers are doing, especially with the forwards and in-zone positioning, and I just don't really understand if the Flyers know what's going on. I wasn't super fond of the Vigneault hire to begin with just because I felt like his Rangers tenure was not exactly something to inspire a lot of confidence. Again, he's not the primary issue with the team, but I do think somebody with a a bit of a change in voice might help some of the guys get going. I don't really know. You know, by the same token, if you fire Vigneault, is the next guy really going to be that much of an improvement? From a leadership perspective, this stuff is always very complicated because if you make the wrong move, you might end up pissing off a lot of the guys on the team. But we also saw Shane Gostisbehere just say things were unacceptable, and then he gets waived. So it seems like there is discontent in the locker room. I I would imagine it would have to be after you get continually shelled. 
Uh, Goss Despair didn't actually throw his goaltenders under the bus, though. He basically said we were playing crap hockey, especially on the defensive side of things. I think the Flyers have a lot of complicated issues. There are times where they play legitimately great games, but then they end up just conceding seven goals because Carter Hart and Brian Elliott really can't stop anything. But there are plenty of moments where the Flyers skaters I've, I've seen also not give a whole lot of support to the goaltenders, so I, I don't really know how you fix that. I, I feel like the Flyers are kind of in deep, and I think the biggest issue is... If you get Hart some, some help with like a sports psychologist or something, that could do a world of good, but it's probably not going to be something that sees an immediate improvement over the next few weeks. You know, Hart has to have some work done, and there's like a lot of stuff mechanically that's wrong with the way that he positions himself and sets himself up for the shooter. You know, I often see some of the like low glove side stuff look very similar to the way that Hellebuck really struggled in his second or third season, so Hart probably has a long road ahead, but I, I do think he'll be fine in the future. I just don't know if this season is going to break him before he gets to that point. The Sabres, for their part, yeah, I mean, they're Buffalo. You, you kind of know what you're getting with this team. They're not particularly great. They still have some talented scorers. They're going to have to blow it up, I would imagine. The Jack Eichel sweepstakes is on. The next game that we had is another Sadness Bowl, Colorado versus Arizona. The uh, Avs ended up winning 9-3. There was quite a bit of rough stuff. We saw Connor Garland comedically take a helmet to the face while he was just sort of standing along the walls and somebody else was fighting and somehow his helmet or something hit him in his own face. So I don't really know what exactly was going on, but feels like a pretty accurate summation of the game. Colorado just sort of poured it on and kept pouring it on and, you know, Arizona really had no reply. Later in the evening, we had LA beating Vegas on the road, which is interesting. The Kings are not exactly a team known to be an offensive juggernaut, but sometimes they've had some decent results. They ended up winning 4-2, and I'm sure that their, their ragtag group of forwards is very happy with their performance. I think it's one of those teams that definitely still has a lot of work to do, and, and certainly they're banking on a lot of their top-end prospects all making the cut at the same time, Byfield being the biggest guy. But their current core is, is bad, definitely not good, but it's not as bad as it could be. They still have some pretty decent NHL caliber guys there, so I would imagine that they will continue to be like bad, but middle of the pack bad, if you know what I mean. The last game of the night was Minnesota versus San Jose, and the Wild have suddenly, you know, not, not gotten really bad, but they're certainly losing more games than I think they were used to in the first part of the season. The Wild are still an alright team, but I feel like over the past month or so, they've definitely fallen off a bit. The Sharks are playing more entertaining hockey as of late from what I understand. I don't really watch them too closely, but certainly they've uh, managed to record more wins than I'm, I'm used to seeing from this team. I don't know if Martin Jones is suddenly better or if some of their forwards and defenders are performing at the level that you would expect, but either way, I'm sure their, their team is very pleased with the victories. They've had a pretty rough patch over the past couple of seasons. I'm sure Sharks fans are very much hoping that the oncoming rebuild is going to be something that yields good results and maybe a return to the Stanley Cup Finals over the next decade or so. What would have been the final game on the night, Calgary versus Vancouver, of course was postponed because of the positive COVID tests, so we'll have to just move on to day two, which is today, and check in on a few of the completed games, some of which again had some very funny scorelines in just a moment. Before we go any further though, I did want to tell you a little bit about why rockauto.com needs to be your one-stop shop for all your online auto part needs. Buying car parts is always a complicated process. Even if you know what you're looking for, you might not know the prices you should be paying. If you want to stop wasting time and money, look no further than rockauto.com. rockauto.com is a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. Their intuitive, easy-to-use website allows you to sort by make, year, and model of your vehicle, as well as setting a price range filter, so you always get the parts that you need at the prices you want. Whether you need a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement, rockauto.com's diverse catalog is sure to have what you need in stock. Best of all, you can save anywhere from 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick and mortar in-store pricing. There are zero membership fees and every single customer always pays the same prices no matter their level of experience. 
Why shop anywhere else when rockauto.com has the best selection and the best prices in the industry? When you're checking out, be sure to write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are taking a look around the league and checking in on some score lines, most of which don't really impact the Jets. Only one from tonight's games actually has any sort of standings impacts, and to be honest, no one really cares about Montreal versus Ottawa. Spoiler alert, Montreal won 4-1. Big whoop. All right, not super surprising. On to the actual other games that people might be keeping an eye on. Carolina narrowly beat the Blackhawks 4-3. Bit of a tight one. That Central Division is super interesting, to be honest. It's been a bit of a strange one. You know, Chicago, Nashville are are definitely competing for that fourth and final spot. And then you've got Carolina, Florida, and Tampa Bay that are so far ahead, no one else is probably catching them. It's really funny that, like, the the cliff between, you know, first and fourth is something around, oh, say, 12 points. And a lot of the teams beneath uh, Carolina are all very close in proximity standings-wise or points-wise. So it's kind of funny. You definitely have two very different tiers of hockey teams. From the other games, we had Pittsburgh beating Boston 4-1. The Bruins this season are are maybe a little bit on the edge. I think they're definitely starting to age out, and that team is just not quite as good as it used to be. Boston can still stifle the competition, but against Pittsburgh, you basically have to be perfect because the Pens just never seem to run out of offensive opportunities. Uh, You know, they finally gotten Jason Zucker back, and when Latang is rolling, that team is pretty dangerous. So they had uh, quite a few shots against, I would say. Pittsburgh's defense probably not as good as it could be, but, you know, when the Pens find those great scoring opportunities, whether it's at even strength or on the power play, it's really hard to shut them down. In the next game, we had New York versus Buffalo, the Rangers this time, um, and New York Rangers actually won 3-2 to two in overtime. The Rangers are one of those teams that seems to like to cause chaos. They're not particularly good, but they are kind of young in certain areas, and they have some fun guys, but I, I also feel like they're in a very strange spot of, of either needing to rebuild again or try and find a way to commit some resources for some sort of a run. I don't really think that the latter option is particularly realistic or smart, but you never know. That team is very much a wild card, and who knows how they feel about it. In my mind, the rebuild is definitely not over and won't be for some time until they start to get more prospect depth and and really roster depth, especially skilled depth. Up next, we had another eye-watering scoreline, Washington losing to the Islanders 4-8, which is pretty bad. Um, The Caps definitely have some goaltending issues. I don't know, Washington for some reason, like, I know that on paper they do a lot of things really well, and for the most part, you look at the way that they create offensive opportunities down low and things look pretty okay, Um, But defensively, there's some stuff about them that I'm a little bit suspicious of. It seems like they're very vulnerable to the rush. And I don't know, they just seem to really struggle to defend a lead. I know that score effects are always a thing and Laviolette likes to bore teams to death, but it just seems like Washington's not really built for that style. I want to avoid reading too much into it, but it's definitely interesting to see Washington maybe not have the sort of defensive resilience and goaltending that they're used to. And then from another uh, Central Division matchup, we've got Columbus losing to Tampa Bay 3-2. Not super surprising. The Blue Jackets are, well, let's face it, not a particularly great team. Columbus is just 50 shades of mediocre to bad, depending on the night, and I, I don't really think things are getting all that much better, so they need to sell quickly. And then from the same division, we've got Florida beating Detroit 3-2 in overtime. Uh, interesting that we're seeing a lot of 3-2 scorelines from the Central Division now. Detroit, for a while, wasn't playing that poorly, but against a a team like the Panthers, I don't think that they stand that much of a chance. It looks like their goaltending kind of kept them within reaching distance, but even without Ekblad, the Panthers are a very strong roster, so not a team to be trifled with. The final scoreline to check into is Dallas versus Nashville, and the Stars dealt Nashville a bit of a blow 4-1. 
The Preds are very much in the playoff hunt, but I, I think that they have to be basically perfect down the stretch here. They really can't afford to falter lest they find themselves in a bit of a foot race with Chicago and, and maybe Dallas down the road. So the Preds, yeah, they're treading water. I think that that's a team that, for me, probably needs to tear it down anyways, regardless of where they think they are in the standings. But it seems like they think they're playoff contenders, and it wouldn't shock me if instead of uh, selling assets, they end up retaining a, a bunch of guys. Eli Tovanen starting to turn up the heat is definitely a big boost for that forward unit, and they have some guys in the NCAA that might actually be able to make an impact too. Other than that, there aren't any other NHL scorelines. We'll have a, a recap tomorrow from Toronto versus Winnipeg. Hopefully the Jets don't embarrass us again. Not expecting much, though. You know, the Jets, they are who they are. We're sort of used to it by now. Hopefully they just uh, play at least an even game, and if they can get a point out or so, that'd be great. That will wrap it up for tonight's episode, though. Before you log off, be sure to check out Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Be a waiver wire winner with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey expert Scott Cullen, who gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long, dynasty, and DFS leagues. Follow the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite shows. And as always, thanks for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!